0: 20 something Gentlemen, welcome to the garage once again. Sorry for our little hiatus. We kind of Yeah,
1: we were kind of MIA there for a little bit, but we're back now.
0: We are back. We actually have a very special guest. I know we say that on every episode, but it's just because everybody we have on our show is just so special. So <laughs> without any further ado, we have uh, Pete Hardesty on the show today. And uh, Nick, give us a little bit of info on, on Pete, and then we're going to actually have Pete give a on himself.
1: I, I met Pete when I was in high school um, back in 2013. Pete was the camp speaker at a Young Life camp called Lake Champion New York. Um, and he was a really cool guy. Everyone loved Pete. Pete was awesome, but I will tell a little story about Pete before he gets into who he is. The bathroom story. Um, I was a Tawashi and for those who don't know what that means, it means that my job all summer long was to clean toilets and bathrooms, the scrubber young life camp. And Pete (laughs) was like the movie star on on camp, right? He's the camp speaker. He's like the, the, the big guy. Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And there's one day that Pete came down and just cleaned toilets with us all day. And we're like, Pete, you don't have to do this. And he's like, well, I want to. And we were like, wow, that guy's awesome. Servant heart. So even a, when I first met him, just really good heart and and, and loves people. And so without, let's let Pete kind of talk about who he is.
2: Pete, say hey, everybody. <laughs> well, Nick and Luke, thanks so much for having me on the podcast. Absolutely. Uh, Nick, there's a special bond between people when you clean toilets all day together. That is so. true.
1: That is com- that is very true. Oh,
2: wow. <laughs> Uh, I grew up in Baltimore, Maryland and came down to uh, University of Virginia for college. And then I've been on Young Life staff ever since college. Uh, They can't get rid of me. And so Mm -hmm. I uh, I served in Virginia Beach and then Harrisonburg, Virginia, a little town where James Madison University is. And now a couple years ago, I moved to outside of Washington, D.C. And my uh, position with Young Life is I'm uh, the divisional coordinator for Young Life College. So I kind of work with all the college chapters, uh, kind of up and down the East coast.
0: So we wanted to have you on the show. Um, you are just an incredible leader and, um, in this position of, of serving and, and what you bring your ministry to, to young adults, um, is really effective and touches a lot of people's hearts. And, but there was one thing that really grabbed our attention. It was a blog post, um, the other day and it was about anxiety and so we thought it'd be amazing um one to have you on the show and then two to talk about anxiety because Nick and I I mean everybody especially in the early stages of life and and getting out on your own and and kind of finding out who you are there's there's a lot of like pressure and there's a lot of anxiety um in the in the early 20-somethings but mm. b- before you get too far into it, just go ahead and let us know about No Redo's, so people kind of know where they can find this stuff. <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I blog irregularly uh, at com. Hmm. That's N-O-R-E-D-O-S.com. My college guys would kill me about it. They, anytime they did anything silly or anything with bad consequences, they just go, No Redo's And, <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> do it. and I, was, I was like, great. Uh, but basically, it's uh, we only get one shot at life. So we got to figure out what matters in this life and give ourselves to it. That's good. On the micro level, we get—we actually do get redos, right? Because of grace, we get redos after everything. There's really nothing we can do to uh, kind of that—that—that we can't rally back from. And not not that there aren't some bad consequences, but there's no redos on big life once Mm -hmm. you die. Yeah, only get one shot. So that's why I kind of—I try to write about and bring resources to people to try to get the most out of life and to live life to the full.
1: Tell us about tell us about this blog post this this anxiety thing that's coming up. Where'd it come from?
2: Yeah, so anxiety's been something I've struggled with personally for a long time. i as far back as I can remember, basically, and uh, and so I I realized I've been working with college students for a long time, uh, and really the last thirteen years at James Madison specifically, uh, which is and just noticing that. Uh, anxiety had kind of taken on a different form. That was just an anecdotal observation for me. But then the last couple of years, after doing some research and reading a little bit, you know, one of the the surprising stats is that anxiety has now surpassed depression as the most common mental illness, mental health diagnosis among college students. Depression, too, is also on the rise, but more than half of students visiting campus health clinics cite anxiety as a concern, more than half. Wow. And near, nearly one in six college students has been diagnosed with or treated for anxiety within the last 12 months. Uh, this stat also blew me away. 62% of undergrads report not just anxiety, but overwhelming anxiety. Mm. Uh, that's a that's an annual you know survey by the American College Health Association. So this is something that's kind of started to you know, uh, and I think maybe we'll get into possible factors i'm no expert on it but it's just something i've observed experienced and i know it can be it can be a big deal in people's life it's kind of how you go through life right like if you're feeling anxious about everything it affects uh every little nook and cranny of your life
0: right right and instead of i mean everybody's everybody's got it there's these crazy statistics of how many people have it Um, how many people are suffering or get caught up in anxious thoughts or kind of an anxious lifestyle, but it's, what is incredible is that it's not becoming a norm, even though it's kind of normal for, it's like, oh, you're, you're anxious. Like there is still something in us that wants to fight that, that is like, no, like this should not be our norm. And so that's kind of what we're going to try and tackle today in our episode Mm is, is, uh, what is anxiety? Where is it coming from?
1: How do we deal with it?
0: How do we deal with it? That's 20-somethings. Mm. Yep. Because no, that's
1: great. We're, we're, I, what I, what, something I've noticed so much in, in my life and in other people's lives that are my age, like, okay, so we all deal with anxiety, but the question is, are you going to let it just control you? Because I see that in a lot of guys my age is they get their backs against the wall or they, they're dealing with an anxiety and they just shut down and that's it. Mm-hmm. Or there's the, yep. other, the other side of it where you go into hyper work mode and you try to work Mm -hmm. through it, but like neither one of those are very healthy. And so, yeah, that's what we want to talk about today um, a little bit, but let's start off with kind of, you know, what is anxiety? You, you know, Pete, you work with 20 somethings uh, on a regular basis. What, Mm -hmm. What have you kind of seen with anxiety in this current culture? What's different about it with 20 somethings these days?
2: Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. It, it's, it, and it's not, that's the thing. It's not just young people, right? I mean, it's, uh, let me see if I can anxiety disorders. This is from the American health association. Anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the U S affecting over 40 million adults in the U S age 18 and older, or basically 20% of the population. Uh, but you know what's And I hope we case this whole, um, topic in good news because mm-hmm. they're highly treatable. Most people that get help w- for them, whether it's official clinical help, whether it's just really working on it, uh, most people really find uh, success in treating it and, and rallying from it and conquering and overcoming it. Right. or getting manageable, but only 36% of people of su- that are suffering from it actually receive any type of treatment. So
1: why is that you think? <clears throat>
2: You know, I think it's still got a stigma around it, right? And like Luke said, it's not—it's still, even though it is normal for us, it's not seen as normal. Mm-hmm. And it's still something that I think most people try to hide. Like I—I I know me, I've tried to hide it for like 20 years, you yeah. know. And uh, it's—it kind of sneaks out and spills out at all the wrong, wrong times and places. So um, I do remember uh, I, I was—I was working at this camp. And we had about 500 kids. come was a young life camp. Some of you got you, you know uh, Nick. You already mentioned it. Right. And I was doing the funny stuff. It's the first time I've ever doing it. I'm doing the program, which we call it. It's basically, the skits. You're doing the entertainment up front. Mm-hmm. And uh, me and a buddy are going to come out and do some dress up, funny, and try to do something for five or ten minutes at the main meeting. And so we're at the same camp that Nick and I worked at, League like Champion. And there's about 500 high school kids there. And our music comes on and we were I think we were game show hosts or something pep pepperson and right. buff bufferson or something and pep we were Peppers. dressed up <laughs> right? like, oh, come on down <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> that's, exactly, that's exactly I mean it wasn't they weren't very good characters you yeah, know we, we, we weren't starting from a good place yeah and so our music comes on and i my buddy his name was kobe he's like hey man what, what's wrong and i'm over a trash can kind of like bup making some weird noises not throwing up, just making me noise. My anxiety was so intense. I had never really done much in front of people. I wasn't very confident. And he's like, are you going to be able to come out there? I'm like, I'm not sure. Just go out. I'll try to make it out there. Hmm. I didn't make it out. One oh, man wow. run on. called the one man entertainment. It was awful. And he came back in. It was like, dude, you sold me out. Why did you do that? I was like, I'm so sorry. I literally couldn't make my feet move to walk out that door in front of him. Hmm. So and again, I had to do it three more times. I conquered it the second time, but went out, stumbled through some words, fumbled, fumbled around and went back in. But, uh, that started a journey of, and I had been, that was when I was in college. I was nervous in high school for sure about, you know, sport tryouts or talking to girls or academics or whatever. But, you know, that's been something that, uh, has started kind of I've, I've always felt like I didn't really tell many people much. Many people about it, and I never have gotten. Uh, I probably there probably was a a long time where I could have been medication probably could help. <laughs> right. uh, that's my guess. Uh, but having heard from people that it, that it would have helped. But um, so that's been you know I also I've struggled with sleeping my, uh, basically my for a long time maybe twenty years insomnia and worried about I think anxiety plays into that mm. uh, and has a role in that so. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's something that as we've, it's been on the rise, right? It's on the increase. Right, and right. it seems like you uh,
1: talk to these days, um, oh, I'm, I'm, my anxiety is getting to me. Yeah. Like everyone
0: though. Yep. Definitely. Yep. I mean, for me, like <clears throat> anxiety has always been a, a big thing in my life and I didn't know what it was. I just thought it was like, Oh, I'm really shy or I'm, I'm this or I'm that. But I remember this memory just came into my mind. I was so anxious in, middle school. And I mean, every middle school is anxious, but when I would walk around, I would have, there had to be one hand in a pocket at all time in my pants pocket, walking around the halls because I, I was so anxious. I just didn't know like how to be, what to do, like so much going on. my I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> and I, I actually, I taught myself how to, uh, take off on, on like a thing, a chapstick, how to take off the chapstick cap with one hand so that the other hand could stay in the pocket. Just because I was just so anxious and just, oh, I don't know how to do stuff. And I mean, even with this, this podcast, man, like Nick and I, we'd sit down and I'd have all these ideas and, and then we'd get on the mic and Nick's like, dude, you don't talk on the podcast like as much as I want you to. And it's making me mad. <laughs> it's like, it's like I'm carrying the show and I I'm know like, you have all these
1: great ideas, but yeah. it's like when, when the rubber hits the road it takes over. Yeah, it's just kind of like the same right. kind of
0: anxiousness of hovering over a trash can, dry heaving or whatever you're doing, you know. <laughs> but right. I mean, yeah. it's a
2: thing. And and there are I, we were talking briefly before we uh, there are good and bad anxiety, right? Mm-hmm. Like is that the Yeah, touch on that
0: cuz you wrote it in your you wrote about it in your blog.
2: Yeah, so cuz I don't know that the I don't think the goal is just to eliminate all anxiety. I don't think it's actually possible yeah. because Part of how we're wired is there can actually be good and bad anxiety. The, mm-hmm. I, I kind of, again, I'm no expert about this, but having uh, experienced it a lot and also been a, a student of it, uh, and also spoken with very a bunch of counselors about it, it's, it's important to differentiate between helpful and harmful, mm-hmm. right? H- helpful anxiety is that nervous feeling, It kind of something you know that, that you—it's a different feeling that when you might have something, it might be brought on by a situation, something specific, or it might just be a, a certain feeling. But a lot of times, it heightens your senses; it, it makes you more alert, perceptive. So, what I've learned to do when I kind of notice that coming on, and I—I kind of say, "Okay, I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready for optimal performance, right? Mm-hmm. I'm getting ready to crush something, where I'm going to do something really well, uh, because." It, and that's part of an art form of embracing, harnessing it. Very common, very normal. I think every human. It, it's almost like maybe Jason Bourne an experience. anxiety. Right. And mm-hmm. Every other but person. He, he has a pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. You don't want to be Jason Bourne. No. Uh, you know. <laughs> uh, and so, but harmful anxiety, on the other hand, can be debilitating. It can be life-changing in the negative sense. It can be paralyzing. And and it seeks to destroy. It kind of, you know. Um, there's a bunch of articles about what the differences are and how to kind of compare and contrast them. Uh, but if it's really affecting your life and interactions, social interactions, if you're in college, your academics, if you're fresh out of college in your 20s, your work environment, stuff with your family, in a really big sense, then that might be something that you know is chemical or something that might be able to be treated uh, and, and might be in a, a possible anxiety disorder. And so I would say. I hope the big message is you got to talk to somebody about it. You know, Mm -hmm. I have a couple buddies that I talk to about this regularly, and that's one of the most freeing things. Uh, And they can help. If you're not, you're allowing it to kind of eat, and not even sure where is the meter here. Is it helpful? Is it harmful? Is it a combination, of course, of both?
1: Yeah. Pete, specifically, kind of in that twenty-something guy age range, what are some of the the factors? Where does that anxiety come from for 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 that demographic like what are I know like in in your blog you talk about social media, you talk about you know maybe school academics, you talk about whatever relationships let's let's hit on that a little bit yeah, like a, like across the from.
0: board in a general sense um something that like we can be like, oh, that's actually very common for Nick and for that guy, and for it's because of my age, it's because of where I'm at in my in my life experience touch mm-hmm. on on that why. <clears throat> these uh, these triggers and these anxiety factors might be coming from
2: yeah that's a great question and you know the big factors that come to mind for me at, when I look at 20-somethings are the world has changed to a degree that the future was always uncertain for people 40 years ago mm. but now it's so much more uncertain mm. basically if you went to college then, you got a job, and then you stayed with that job usually for, you know, a really long time. And it was kind of like, oh, let's just find something that we're gonna do. The, I think the rate that the world is changing, and the rate to keep up, is one thing that, uh, the uncertainty of jobs, of economy, of you know, what do you want to do with your life. Uh, th- I think one of the reasons we've seen the um, Increase of, of anxiety is the delayed, the, the increasing age for adolescents, for actually even physically our brain to kind of close off and, and finish up. We're, we're still changing at, at rates and during the time of our life that maybe we shouldn't be. You know, you know, we're still developing and trying to figure stuff out. And when you don't have that figured out, when you don't see the path in front of you, when you don't have that plan, it brings us anxiety, right? Mm, right. Um, and okay, for social media, so I'm old enough that I didn't have social media when I was in college. Okay, none. My social media was like watching a movie together and yeah, or something with right. guys. Like, yeah. it wasn't. Uh, and so there's a couple of thoughts I have about this. One, where, you know, when I was let's say I was when I was in college or maybe fresh out, I knew in the summer, let's say for summer vacation, or even in high school, I knew what how many uh, what about three guys were doing total mm, right yeah you know like everybody's buddies from my neighborhood and if i called them at their house line their landline and didn't get them a couple days in a row i'm like man what happened and then i gets back oh, i was at the beach oh yeah i forgot that was your week you were going to the beach yeah right now let's just say on instagram just take one of the platforms for example let's say you follow 730 people mm-hmm. which most people do most people right. i follow way more than that let's, yeah. most people follow more that means get this guys that any day of the year, you go onto Instagram, any day of the year, two of your people you follow, two, are having the best day of their year.
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
2: Every day right. of your life.
1: Yeah. It's, it's always, it, there's always someone having the best day.
2: It, yeah. It also means that like 25 to 30 of them are having the best day of their month every okay. day. And when you wow. have the best day of your month, guaranteed it's going to make it onto Instagram. And then on, Probably multiple posts.
0: On top of that, like- This is hilarious. Everybody that's posting is posting as if they were having the best day. So like they're fabricating these images and this lifestyle of I'm having the best day every day of my life. And I got this (laughs) coffee and I'm eating avocado toast
2: and I'm doing all these things. I got the job I want. I Mm -hmm. have the boyfriend or girlfriend I want. I have the, you know, whatever it's. So Luke, you put your, I mean, image curation is like, you know, So even that if it's not the best day of your month, it really truly is, you're trying to make it look like it is. So right. every time we look at this, I think that's one of the things that brings us anxiety. So I think I might have mentioned this in the blog, I might not have, but it's very important to realize what is actually, where are you resting and where are you going to break and where are you going to relax? Because mm-hmm. for me, I might crank on work for a couple hours and then I might take a little break with Instagram. Mm-hmm. Studies have shown that actually I'm stressing myself out more by looking at Instagram. Not, but I feel like it's relaxing. But all I'm seeing is all these people having phenomenal days, phenomenal weeks, phenomenal lives, and I'm not. I'm like, my life sucks. Yeah, this is terrible. Yeah, every time I look at it. But they even and and you know if you look, I I love kind of getting into some of the nitty gritty. They create it so that it's addictive. Mm -hmm. Right. It's an. It can be an addiction. Oh yeah. It's a chemical in in the brain. I mean, it is. I'm telling you, I am. I am addicted. Yeah. I'm addicted to looking so, at I mean, it's, Instagram, yeah. so, am I, so am I. So is I everyone our it. age.
0: I don't want to say yeah. it, but I yeah. think I am too. <laughs> right. I don't want to admit.
2: Come on over. Come yeah. on over to the next side. But no, so <laughs> something that I think is relaxing me, I'm going for a break, I'm going for rest. I'm actually, I get on there and 20 minutes later, I'm really way more stressed out. I'm way more anxious. It's so, so you're that, compounding that anxiety. Yeah. Unconsciously. Right. subconsciously not even knowing I'm going to something that I think is like ah but instead it's like oh you know yeah. it's, uh, starting to so I think those are just a couple the the money piece student loans you know like having and I, I there's a lot of people who are have blame in this but honestly I blame some of the universities because they're just like writing blank checks right. you know I know a I know a a couple that I'm dear friends with uh, want to be part of their wedding. Coming up, and you know the 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 the, uh, the young woman graduated with a hundred and ten thousand dollars in student loans. Wow, that's I mean that's impressive. You're like you're wrecked. Yeah, you know you're and it's not 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 you can't get out of that. There. There's no point that you can't rally from, but we all got to get going the right direction. But mm-hmm. it's gonna take her ten years maybe. Right, you're I gonna mean, be
1: thirty-five, forty years old before it's before it's paid off.
2: Yeah, so like the, these those type of things give. I mean most people didn't do that. There weren't these massive school school loans and school debts and th- I think that also all these are contributing factors to how the world is what 27 but I do think that um, w- even with that there are more places to help though. You know, even though there might be more causes than there were 10, 20, 30 years ago, right. there's also more places to get help. There's more people that want to help. There's more support structures in place for
1: that. I kind of want to transition into that because we all know what anxiety is, mm -hmm. but the question is how do we handle it? And something Mm. that you said in your blog that really, really captivated me was you made this, you made this illustration and you talked about, Hey, know your anxiety and know that it's in the car with you, but it can't drive the car. Mm. And I love that. And I, I would love for you just to kind of unpack that a little bit as we kind of make this transition into how to kind of healthily deal with this anxiety thing.
2: Yeah. What do you do? What do you do? Well, I. It's almost like a. <laughs> I don't know whether this will be okay for the podcast, but it's like a drug addict trying to share like how not to take drugs. You know, right. it's not like mm. a, It's not like I've solved it or right. done anything, but I've made a lot of progress for sure. And I did. I did talked to three trusted, really renowned counselors who have been dealing with this for a long, experts, hmm. and they gave me advice, and I kind of compiled it and boiled it down. So the first step is to acknowledge that it's there. Right? right. Which seems kind of silly. You're yeah. like, yeah, yeah, okay, good. But honestly, if you don't, if you don't acknowledge a problem, you're not gonna solve it. And I don't mean just acknowledging it to yourself and just saying, I have anxiety. No, no, actually recognizing it, telling a couple people, and almost letting the anxiety know. This might seem a little weird. Like you know it's there, you see it's there, letting it's letting you letting it know that it's in the car of your life, right? right.
0: Just hey, uh, I, I see you, I feel you. Yeah, I yeah, you're, you're the, I know you're here. I know my hand's shaking for a reason,
2: <laughs> right? right? right. You I know. have this odd. I feel like my stomach is getting you know in a vice. Yeah, you're there, but you're not. You're not running. You're not driving the car. Mm-hmm. You're not the captain of this ship. You got to tell you know. Cause feelings are great friends, but terrible masters. Mm-hmm. So the feeling of anxiety is a great signpost to something. It's like, okay, yeah, I see that. I see you. What is it? You know? So let's go, let's go back. Um, and I will say in this too, one of the other steps that these counselors share was we don't fear the label, right? You, you don't, you don't worry because don't be discouraged by it. you're anxious. That's yeah, definitely more.
1: something I've, I've noticed. Like people that I've, I've, I've been around that, that struggle with like a large amount of anxiety. They take that label and they allow it to define them. It's like, Oh, right. I have anxiety, so I'm
2: screwed. Like right.
1: I can't do anything. Absolutely. And they Allow that to control. Talk about that. I love that.
2: Yeah, that, they, that's, it's very, it's very important and it's a slight distinction, but when you, when you, when you, uh, when you flesh it out down the road, it's actually a huge distinction. Mm. It's part of us. It's who we are. We might be feeling anxious, But we're not, it's not even close to the deepest part of who we are. It's not our identity. Mm -mm, mm. And it might be the 23rd level of it. That's great. Okay. You feel anxious. So do I. Okay. What are we going to do about it? So, yeah. And the sooner we address it, the sooner we get it out in the open, uh, the better. And the more, the more success we can have with with dealing with, you know? So, um, so if you, the first thing you acknowledge it, it's in the car. It can be loud, obnoxious, but it's not allowed to drive the car. Um, one of the other things they say is to take a break from social media. Uh, and we, we already mentioned this. A lot of people like me take a break from work to get on social media. It's the opposite, right? right? But, um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, recent studies that have started to say that social media actually can, uh, can, uh, increase anxiety and not release it. And so, uh, that might be like a daily break. It might be a chunk of time. It might be a fast from it for yeah, days a week. I know, I know people that do certain months where they don't get on it, and they they love it. At the end of the month, they're like, "This is great." They usually get back on because they're, well, you know.
1: Let's just take Young Life for an example. Uh, for those who don't know, we take high school kids to Young Life camp in the summer on the weekends, and we take their phones away for the week, right? Mm. And they're always so mad at us on the bus, they're like, "I'm not like giving my phone up," or they'll bring a fake phone and try to try to give you a fake phone. You know, there's <laughs> right, a million right. tricks in the book that as leaders <laughs> that they're caught onto, but.
2: You're, I say by the bell, big gray phone. You're like, this is not yourself. No phone. way. <laughs> Where's this your two, iPhone? like two feet.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but at the end of the week, when you go home, on five camp trips that I've led as a as a young life leader, kids always say that one of the same things. I wish I didn't even get my phone back. I mm. loved that week of not having to deal with social media. Right. I loved not having Snapchat. I wish I I wish this could go on forever. Mm. Therein it lies. Mm-hmm. Right. That break and, and I and I've taken it in my own life. You know, just this month, you know, there's been a week where I was like, you know what, I'm not I'm not gonna do social media for a week, I'm gonna fast it. And my mind is so much more clear at the end of that week than it was at the beginning. Right. I feel well, so much more energized. I mm-hmm. don't feel drained. I don't feel anxious. I'm not worried about everything. Yeah. So there's some merit there for sure. Definitely. Personally in my life I've I've seen it.
0: And at the beginning when you're like trying to I mean like fast anything if we wanna use the word fast for like giving something up to kind of benefit us with, I know when I like fast social media, it's like, I like get on the toilet and I'm like, all right, sick. Like, let me get open up Instagram automatically. My, I don't even blink and Instagram's open. But like when I fast, it, I'm like, Oh gosh, like you realize how much time you're spending. Like, what am I going to do? Just sit here. And, um,
2: (laughs) right. And it's panic sometimes, right? Oh yeah. when you're going to the bathroom, it's ruined. Panic. You're ruined. Yeah. You're thinking, Your day is run, ruined. Run and
1: get it. Do <laughs> so I have time? Wait, well, yeah. <laughs> squeeze, squeeze it. I'm going to go grab the phone and I'll come back. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> oh, man. It's true. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my it's gosh. True.
0: Yeah. But uh, my attention's actually brought to a podcast I listened to from, I think it's Elevation Church with uh, Stephen Furtick. But he had a neural brain scientist uh, on one of the one of the services and her name is Caroline Leaf and she kind of talks about anxiety a little bit as she depicts it. Like she's like, so we, we go around in life and by the things that we learn, the things that we observe and, and going on social media and just taking in information, just information, information. And I mean, our generation is described as like the, the, Information, gen- I don't right, know. there's
1: more information on the cover of New York Times than there was to be had Absolutely. in and the so, world, like in the 1800s or something like that. Yeah, goes, and yeah. so she's right.
0: like, so we're getting all these puzzle pieces, right? But we never give our brain a chance to sit down and put together the puzzle. And Ooh. so she's saying, like, anxiety is coming from just all go, go, all go, the go. information, go, yeah. go, go, and we never rest and we never actually like process the day there's so many days where i don't actually think about what i what did i do that day you know or yeah, you just have instagram yeah for 30 minutes and then you
1: fall asleep or even sit down mm-hmm. and
0: try to map out the week so that i like know what i'm you know supposed to be doing um but yeah she's like sit down and and give your mind a rest to put those puzzle pieces together right and
1: so pete's yeah. saying take a break like yeah if you're in a stressful situation or you're dealing with some anxiety, best advice: don't run to social media for your break.
2: Don't Take consume more there. information. Yeah, Love that. Luke, you're Luke. Would you would you mention and I've heard I've heard Dr. Leaf speak a couple times. and mm-hmm. she, She's money. She's she's so smart. So I think good. she's kind of like figure out how to. How do I explain this to people that aren't neuroscientists? Like right, neuroscientists, but. You know, I read, I read this article by James Clear uh, last week. One of my buddies sent it to me, and, and it was in response to the, uh, the, these posts that I've been doing on anxiety. He, he explained the difference between immediate return environment and then delayed return environment. Mm. It was very, very interesting because, let's say animals, and he used, the, he used the example of a giraffe. It's like giraffe or a deer or something. You, you get startled by a predator or something, you run, And when you're done running, you're fine. Or you're hungry and you go eat leaves and you're good. Like, most almost all animals live and all beings except us now live in an immediate return environment. Mm. We live now in this delayed return environment uh, because most of the choices that we make today will not benefit or detriment us immediately. Like, you do a good job at work today, you get a paycheck in a few weeks or a month. You save mm-hmm. money now, you might be able to retire in 40 years. Those type of things. Right. That's not how kind of we've operated for you know thousands of years. Um, living in a delayed return environment can tend to lead to chronic stress, anxiety, because our brain wasn't even designed to solve the problems of this delayed return environment. Exactly what you were saying. That's interesting. You know? mm-hmm.
1: That's wow. kind of like the, the, the counterculture <laughs> side to the instant gratification piece everyone talks about.
2: Yeah. Exactly, Nick, yep, exactly. So he, he says this is what this is what can help in that, and I, I never heard these, like this is not, um, he said uh, w- the first thing you can do is measure something. Right, like you don't know for certain how much money you'll have in retirement, but you can mm-hmm. remove some uncertainty by the situation measuring how much you save every month, mm-hmm. right? And this is, I, we know this, but we don't know that this might actually decrease anxiety. Uh and he's got several different measurement um you know uh different sh- measurement strategies. He's got yeah. this thing called the paperclip strategy, you can Google that, or the Seinfeld strategy. The Seinfeld tra- strategy? Yeah, tracking long term behaviors nice. of like, you know. Um he also said the thing you can do to shift your worry from a long term problem to a daily routine. So instead he would say, like, okay, we're worried about how long we're gonna live and that can bring anxiety let's just worry about taking a walk every day. Right. It's like you bring everything that's out there into immediate, so you can actually almost fake yourself into living into an immediate return environment. Like, mm-hmm. instead of worthy, we, we, worrying whether you're going to ever pay back that student loans, worry about how much, you know, you can put towards it this month or this paycheck. You right. Know, you what kinda,
0: control over that outcome do you have right
2: now? Exactly. Yep. You know. Exactly. So he gives a bunch of, he gives a good, but he said reading, He's not worried about how many books you're going to read and how informed it will be. He said, I'm going to read 20 pages a day hmm. and he posts it and tells everybody. Yeah. So it's almost some, some of that accountability. Yeah. So
0: that's really so,
1: good. So take it back to social media. Okay. Yep. Uh, what we, we, we had the, the first tip we had was,
2: um, stop uh, with Instagram. Don't, don't for a fear the bit. label. Oh, uh, don't, don't fear the label.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Don't for the label. Don't
2: don't just listen to your thoughts or your heart or, or your anxiety or your stress, but you actually speak to them. Right. Mm. You still own them, even though they're part of you. It, it gets a little bit of a weird, you know, a weird thing, but it's actually helpful. You know, you kind of oh. imagine your life as a car, mm-hmm. and they're in it, and they're maybe rolling the window down and throwing stuff at people and and point and yelling. And you're like, "Whoa, guys, guys!" Easy you guy. are driving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are driving yeah. the car. You're taking um, to the
1: destination.
2: Yep. I have a couple other. Uh, Thoughts from the counselors, and then I have a couple thoughts. If you want them, from just some of my observation and experience. Yeah, yeah About uh, it yeah. The counselors would say you find a trusted friend and confidant, mm. uh, or it can be a counselor. Uh, and if you're in college, let's say you know, a lot of that counselors offer for free through the health services of your university. Um, most people, given the chance to express how, uh, how they feel, what they're struggling with, what they're experiencing, do find relief and hope and progress and success, mm-hmm. most people. So find that friend or friends, sometimes that might even be a small group that you're in, they don't have to be clinically trained, but, and then if you're really feeling like, remember we talked about harmful helpful, if you're really feeling like you're experiencing a lot of that harmful stuff, then maybe you do kind of ask around and find a counselor to, and there's no there's no shame in that game. I'll tell you this, one time we were at, uh, I was on staff in Virginia Beach the first uh, seven years out of college, on Young Life staff, and at one time, we had six staff down there. At one time, all six staff were in counseling. <laughs> we, wow! And we were having the staff meeting. We were like going around, and one person kind of shared and was really vulnerable and said, "You know, I just started going to this counselor a couple weeks ago." And somebody was like, "Oh, me too." And then somebody was like, "Me too, me too, me too." <laughs> too. We ran in a circle. We were all in counseling.
0: Oh my gosh! It was like,
2: oh, and we're the ones tr- supposed to be helping high school and middle school right. kids, right? Yeah. But it's no shame in that game. No, no shame. shame. Like, there's people that are trained professionally to help you kind of figure out and talk through it, and so. I've been in counseling several times in my life, and it's helped tremendously. Both, you know, every time. So absolutely,
0: kind of uh, makes me. Then, oh wait, what were you gonna say? Oh, go ahead. Uh, it kind of makes me think of uh, I don't know where I heard it, but a uh, person said, "If you're gonna do anything great, you can't do it alone." And like mm-hmm. even living your life great, you can't do it alone. You need community. You need counselors. You need people from other generations speaking into where you're at and where they were from. And their successes and
1: I'm pretty sure it's Admiral McRaven that says that really he was the the Navy SEAL instructor, the the Admiral of the Navy that spoke at the Texas um, inauguration for the kids, the college deal. And he says, you can't do anything great alone. You have to Mm -hmm. find that group of people with you to go with you. So
0: let us just erase the stigma of having a counselor being weird by saying, Hey, if you're going to be great, get some community, get a counselor.
2: You better, yeah. You better. Yeah. You can't. You can't afford not to. Yeah. If you want to do something great or go, f- I mean, I think of that proverb: if you want to go fast, go alone, and if you want to go far, go together. Mm, yeah. And and you're not going to go very far alone. You're not going to go very far unless you really link up yeah. and join hands. So, so Pete, what's so, the last
1: one that the counselors that you, that you, that you gathered?
2: You know, they, they said, uh, and this is all of all three of them, because I kind of put together all three of them said, learning how to breathe. <laughs> I thought, literally what? like literally what? like breathing yes focus breathing they'd wow. say was the number one preventative measure for anxiety mm-hmm. I, I was like all right well no all wonder i'm right in so much trouble <laughs> I, like uh, i've never heard of that or thought about it but it really has taken you know i've, I've been reading um i just finished up uh tribe of mentors by tim ferris um and it's basically little interviews with some of the best in the world at whatever they are, whether it's athletics or academics or investors or whatever. And they have little things. And I, I can't tell you how many of them, when he says, what's the biggest thing that's, you know, impacted your life, one change you've made, they say e- either meditation or breathing. Hmm. And, you know, a lot of those people aren't uh, people of faith, uh, you know, or they're not people of the ch- Christian faith, but uh, there's they still meditation and focused breathing. And there, yeah. I don't actually have a lot on that because I haven't really explored that too much. But there's so many YouTube videos about how to kind of control your breathing and start to learn how to to, um, to do focused breathing, even exercises, even a couple minutes a day. Yeah, right.
1: Pete, share with us just, just real quick a few of your thoughts, a few of uh, kind of what you've gathered from your experience.
2: <laughs> yeah, so that's um, – I kind of have – I kind of put together a list of some of the stuff that's either helped me or I've seen help some other people. And so uh, the first thing is pray, you know, and, and uh, I would say pray. And then you can, the, if if you're a Christ follower, the Bible is a living document, right? It's, it's a, it's a, you believe, we believe that the word is, it's living and active and it's actually a dynamic thing. So I think finding, finding, you know, parts of the Bible that speak to this, speak to anxiety and stress and peace, meditating on that. Uh, Challenging negative thoughts, I think, is a big one. Like, what is your inner dialogue? What are you saying to yourself? And there's some stuff, what's the script that you say maybe over and over again? You get into a certain situation, it causes you anxiety, and you say this. Or you get into a situation, you say this, and then it causes causes you anxiety. Mm. Starting to kind of almost observe your own life, almost go outside of your life and think about it, Um, and then I would say, uh, a gratitude journal. Mm. I know it's, it's, it can be, it can border on sounding cheesy. Yeah. Uh, Guys, I'll tell you this. I I've done this the last year and a half and it's been a game changer in the morning before I do anything. I literally sit down, pull out a journal and I write 10 things I'm grateful for. Wow. Changes the day. Yeah. It changes, you know.
0: Um, Are these just like random things like, oh, I got my right arm, that's really cool, or I got legs, I got a car, or is it like things that when you think about, they kind of like strike up a little bit of gratitude, or like just yeah. anything really?
2: Yeah, I try to think of yet the day before, yesterday, and it sometimes I have trouble if I can only get three or four of specific things from yesterday. Yeah. Sometimes it's people, and sometimes it is literally like, I'm about to go work out, I'm glad I can walk down there, or run, or mm-hmm. it's, it's just... It, it almost doesn't matter the things. Yeah. It's just starting to cultivate that outlook on life. Um, That's good. I think also taking care of your physical health. I'm more anxious when I'm more tired
0: mm-hmm.
2: or haven't eat, ate, ate well or exercised or taken in alcohol or too much caffeine or, you know, just th- some things that seem pretty common sense. But um, and the last thing I'll say is. If there's a specific situation that's given you anxiety or maybe even repeated where you're going to a bunch of interviews. You're in kind of that season of life where you are I, I talked to this one dude who had 12 interviews in like 3 or 4 weeks. Right. Of wow. Jobs that he want. I was like, "Man, dude, that how are you doing?" He's like, "I'm pretty stressed out. I'm yeah. I'm sick actually. I feel sick. I'm anxious." Yeah. And so there's something like that or maybe you've had a relationship that you don't know how to speak about or family or a a loved one or boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. I think role playing, maybe you live with roommates or somebody, a good buddy, it has to be a good friend that's like not going to mess with you, you know, but uh, uh, role playing that thing. So you role play, you walk in, you actually do an interview just like mm-hmm. that, where they actually have questions, you sit down, hey, ask them for an hour of your time, or maybe it's a conversation that you've had to have repeatedly, or maybe for the first time, you go and talk to that, uh, you know, have that person role play with you. So. By the time you do it, you're doing it for the second or third or fourth time. It's just less stressful. Right. Right. You know, if Pete, if you can repeat the behavior, you know?
0: Yeah,
1: absolutely. Pete, you know, your your life is, has been has been loving on, caring and and and, and, and just being with twenty with something year old guys and, and guys and college students. So just some closing thoughts, you know, I am that mid twenties guy coming to you and, and I and I'm saying, Hey, you know, I'm super anxious about all these interviews or, Hey, I have all this crazy anxiety. Uh, you know, I can't even, you know, finish this paper cause I feel like I'm going to do a bad job, whatever it may be. He comes to you. Wh- what's your advice? What's the, what's the first thing that, that you would say to that guy?
2: I think the first thing, part of it is tough not knowing because so much of what I would say would be, what's that guy like? What's mm-hmm. he been wrestling with? You yeah. know, it's not it's to give just blanket. A blanket statement but a couple of things that come to mind are one you can know that if i'm talking to somebody that's in their 20s you can know that millions and millions and millions and millions of people have gone before you in the exact same situations and made it through Mm -hmm. you got it we got to remind ourselves of reality right like yeah and probably knowing if i'm even talking with him and, and we're we're boys or i'm his mentor or he has most of those people haven't had the support network that you have right now.
0: Mm.
2: So you're already you already have a leg up, a a step ahead. You're already that doesn't mean it. It's just hey, that you snap your fingers, it goes away. Mm-hmm. The other thing I would say is, you got to try some stuff. If you're really feeling anxious, most people just feel it and feel, uh, you know, they feel defeated or helpless. And I, I've, I've experienced that for sure. You got to think of all these strategies as kind of like things to experiment with, right? Mm-hmm. Like and you might not notice there aren't any silver bullets where you just snap your fingers and it goes away i don't i don't know of i mean maybe there are but i've i've never found them but you try them a couple times and see what oh that doesn't really work okay man that made some progress so i would say just do something do anything you know but just to kind of let, let's let's go at this together let's fight it um, because anxiety can be a barrier to greatness but it can actually also be a cultivating factor to greatness because mm, anxiety can heighten it up right. yep. and it gets you ready. And so you, if you learn how to channel and harness it, it can help you have the best interview ever, or it can help you have the best, you know, uh, whatever that situation is ever. It's awesome. Well, Pete, um,
1: if, if people want to read the rest of your blog or they want to get into part three or four or just read the whole thing,
0: or if they're interested about your book. Yeah.
1: Where, where, where do we go?
2: Yeah, you can go to my uh, you know my website, which is uh Or you know what you can do also is, uh, and and we mentioned that the book is Adulting 101. Me and a buddy, uh, we wrote a book that came out last year that that really just wants to help people in their 20s have wild success in life. So it deals mm-hmm. with all kinds of. Uh, we we meant we touch on anxiety a little bit, but it deals with all kinds of stuff as far as uh, relationships what's the meaning in life finances we got a bunch of chapters on on finances time management how to interview we got a whole chapter on how to interview uh, and it, it could be subtitled learn from our terrible mistakes right nice <laughs> or don't don't live in your parents basement at age 29 or something um, but that's just sold on amazon or really wherever books are it's sold it's called adulting
1: 101 by Pete Hardesty yeah and and actually Josh, Josh um, Burnett. yeah just for our listeners Keep your ears tuned because we're also going to have another episode coming out um, that's kind of talking a little bit more about the Adulting 101 book. So yeah. that's going to be really awesome. And we've had a lot of questions about adulting and the fact that the word adulting is even literally in the dictionary now. Literally. <laughs> and so keep your eyes peeled. That's going to be coming at you. Um, but Pete, thank you so much for talking to us about anxiety today. And we look forward to talking to you about adulting next. Um, but we really, really want to say thank you for coming on the podcast.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Nick, Luke, thanks so much for having me. I'm a huge fan of Training Ground. Love Corey Smith. Been a dear friend of mine for a long time. I Really appreciate what you guys do to help young men uh, uh, just really find who they're meant to be and help change the world. So thanks, you guys. Awesome. Yeah.
1: Well, everybody else, Pete Hartston.
0: Thank you so much.